Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Hear now the word of the Lord from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, beginning at verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews, who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, By this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you, if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. Let us pray together. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who inspired the Apostle John to write down this account of what Jesus did in the lives of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, raising Lazarus from the dead. And we ask now, Lord, that your same Holy Spirit would inspire our hearts to understand the word that you have for us this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever thought to yourself, my life is ruined because of whatever, or my life is over because of this thing, or I would be better off dead because there is no hope of this ever getting better, or this situation is hopeless, might as well just give up now. During the season of Lent, we're involved in a series of sermons looking at some of the events that took place during the last weeks and days of the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in this passage of Scripture, we see that there is hope for us. None of our situations is hopeless. There is hope for us because of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the resurrection is not just something that gives us hope for the future. The resurrection is something that gives us hope right now. Now, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus goes to the town of Bethany, which is about two miles away from the city of Jerusalem. Jesus and his disciples had been out in the wilderness preaching and teaching and spending some time together there with people who were living outside of Judea. And then word comes to them that Jesus' good friend Lazarus was ill. Now, Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And you remember accounts of Jesus going to their home in Bethany and spending time with them, how Martha was always busy trying to prepare the food and serve the food and keep it warm and make everybody feel comfortable and being as hospitable as she possibly could be. And Mary, on the other hand, would spend time at the feet of Jesus listening to him instead and how there was conflict between these two sisters about how they spent their time and so on. Okay, you remember all that, right? And you probably also remember that during one of these gatherings, Mary took some expensive perfume and she anointed Jesus's feet with the perfume and she dried his feet with her hair. You all remember that one too, right? All right. And then there was another Mary. This is a bonus one. Mary Magdalene. She spent some time at Jesus's feet as well, but she washed Jesus's feet with her tears. And then she wiped his feet dry with her hair. All right, so this is Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And now Lazarus is ill in the town of Bethany. And some folks come to him and say, hey, look, your good friend Lazarus is ill. We've been sent here to get you to bring him to Bethany so that you could heal him. Because they all knew that Jesus could do miracles like that. He could heal people. And so Jesus, what does he do? Does he jump up and run to Bethany? No, he stops. And he says, this will not end in death. And so the disciples are probably thinking, oh, maybe maybe he's not that sick. Maybe it's just a cough instead of COVID. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's going to be okay. And then later on, messengers come from Bethany to Jesus, and they say, 
Lazarus is dead. And so Jesus tells his disciples, now we're going to go to Bethany. And the disciples say, well, wait a second. You know, Bethany is only a couple miles away from Jerusalem. There are people in Jerusalem who really don't like you. They've been thinking about killing you, which means maybe they're thinking about killing us. Do you really think this is a good idea to get so close to Jerusalem? And Jesus says, we're going to go. And the apostle Thomas said, fine, let us all go and die as well. And so Jesus says, great, let's go. So they go to Bethany, and as they are approaching the town, they see people already coming to him who are mourning. They're grieving. This is a very difficult time. Lazarus had been placed in the tomb four days later because in the Jewish custom, when somebody dies, they're put in a tomb or buried within 24 hours. So Lazarus is already in the tomb, but people are still in the area, still coming around Bethany from Jerusalem and the other villages, maybe even Bethlehem, which wasn't that far away, to comfort Mary and Martha in their loss. Lazarus must have been a well-known person. Mary and Martha must have been well-known godly women as well. So they're coming to comfort Mary in her loss, and Martha sees Jesus approaching the village, She's still outside the village, probably where the tomb is, outside the village. And she says, Lord, if you had been here, Lazarus would not have died. I mean, I can understand Mary being angry, Martha being angry. It's a part of grief. We all go through it when we're grieving, when we lose something, especially something that we dearly love. She's angry at Jesus for waiting and not getting there sooner when he could have gotten there sooner. To heal her brother. And so Jesus says to her, Your brother will rise again. And Mary answers, I know he will rise again at the resurrection at the last day. She's thinking that the resurrection is something in the future, which it is, that it's something in the future. A lot of folks have this idea that the resurrection is pie in the sky, by and by. You know, just hang on as long as you can, because someday you're going to be able to go to heaven and have a new resurrection body, the same kind of body that Jesus had on Easter, or he has, that we learned about during his resurrection appearances on Easter Sunday, and then for 40 days later until he ascended up in heaven. So there's the number 40 again. We'll talk more about that later after Easter. It was the kind of body that could walk through closed doors. It's the kind of body that could eat fish, and the fish wouldn't go through his stomach. It's the kind of body that people could touch. It was a real body. It was the kind of body that could ascend up into heaven. That's the kind of body that we're going to have at the resurrection. It's called having a glorified body. So when people think about the term resurrection, they think about having a glorified body in heaven, walking around in heaven, which is all true. That's all true. So Jesus replies to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. It's a common passage that's used at funerals and memorial services. 
And maybe some of you remember this passage being read during the funeral or memorial service for a loved one. It's meant to give us comfort and hope. But in that context, it's a reminder that there is a resurrection to eternal life. And we will experience that when we're in heaven. But the resurrection is not just about the future. The resurrection is about right now, as Jesus is teaching in this passage. And so after he says this to Martha, Martha goes to Mary, back to their home, goes into the village to Mary, and tells her that Jesus is there, and that Jesus wants to see her. And so Mary gets up as soon as she hears that Jesus has arrived, finally. And she runs out to meet Jesus, who is still outside of the village. And when people saw her get up and run out, the people who had come to comfort her, maybe some of them from Jerusalem, they get up and they run with Mary, thinking that she's going to the tomb where Lazarus is to spend some more time mourning. So Mary gets there, and she too says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Jesus cares about our feelings. He cares about what we're going through in life. Even though he knew that he was about to give a happy ending to this horrible story, this horrible tragedy that they were all experiencing together by raising Lazarus from the dead, Jesus still spends time with them, sits with them. He experiences his own feelings, and he expresses his own feelings. He weeps. This is a good reminder of how we can help one another when our loved ones are grieving. The words are not important. Just sitting with them weeping with them. That's what they will never forget. And so after Jesus spends time with them, bearing their burdens, holding them close as they grieve, he goes to the tomb. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, By this time there will be a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Mary, the practical sister. Why would you want to do something like that? She had no idea what Jesus was about to do. Why would you even roll away the stone? This is a mistake, I'm telling you. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off those grave clothes and let him go. There is hope for us now because of the resurrection. 
Lazarus didn't have to wait until he got to heaven to experience the resurrection. He experienced the resurrection here on earth. And we are also being given the experience of the resurrection here on earth. When we ask Jesus to come and live in our hearts and be our Lord and Savior, we became new people. We became resurrection people. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creature has come. The new creation has come, rather. The old is gone. The new is here. The new creation has come. We are a part of this new creation. The new creation that we've been told about in the book of Revelation. Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. This new creation began to happen as soon as Jesus was raised from the dead. And it has been continuing. This new creating of the world has been happening for over 2,000 years, and it will one day be consummated or completed or finished. The book of Revelation tells us, in the future, but right now it is happening. And we are a part of that new heaven and new earth that's being created here. Because of the resurrection, we are new people. We are different people. We are experiencing the resurrection now, which means that there is hope for us now. You know, there, as a Navy reservist, I've been mobilized and deployed three times. Once to Iraq, another time to Kuwait and not too long ago to Djibouti. And during these mobilizations, people always say, you know, this is miserable. You know, because we're out in the desert, and it's hot, and we're away from our loved ones, and people are trying to do things to us. This is miserable. We hate this. But you know what? It's going to get worse. And then we're going to die. And then it's going to be okay. Because we're going to be in heaven. So just wait until you die. Hang in there. It's going to get better. Which is true. We are going to go to heaven. It's going to be a lot better. But there is hope for us now. It's not just hope for the future. There is hope for us now. One of the things that we're constantly told as Navy chaplains is that we're the only people who are called upon, called upon, to speak about hope and to bring hope to others. You know, all the other different folks in the military all have their role to play. But when it comes time to instilling hope and helping people to see that there is hope, they always call for the chaplain. And the reason they call for the chaplain is because we are the subject matter experts on hope because we know about the resurrection of Jesus. And we are experiencing that hope. And we're living it in front of those people. And so when we point them to Jesus, there is hope for them. When we say, look, you're not alone out here. Yeah, it's miserable. But you know what? Jesus is here too. And he's alive. And he's alive within you. So no matter how bad the situation may be, even if you're thinking, this is a time to die because there is no real solution. 
situation as hopeless. I might as well just cash it in. Even when you get to that place, there is still hope. If you find yourselves in that place, thinking that there are no solutions to your problems, thinking that things will never get better, remember the resurrection. Jesus is alive in you, just like he's alive in heaven. You are alive in him now, just like you will be alive with him in heaven. There is hope now and in the future. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org.